0: Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. Yes, sir. Man, it's wonderful to be here, y'all know. Haven't been uh, to a gathering, uh, Paschal Sunday, in two years. Yes. So the last time was 2003 years. So 2019. So aren't you glad to be here today? Aren't you glad to be here today? That's what's up. That's great. Um, the early Christians began celebrating uh, Jesus's resurrection uh, in the second century, and it became a huge disposition and tradition uh, in which has been set uh, to celebrate and commemorate the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophecies as fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. He is risen. Yeah. Amen. Well, I am uh, glad we are here, and we're going to open up to Romans 6, 12 through 14. Now some of my brothers and sisters are here. Put your hands up. My family, let's put your hand up in the air that came through. Well, y'all members, y'all don't put your hands up. My sister and my brother-in-law joined the church last year, so I'm going to this year. So thank the Lord. Now she used to tell me what to do, now I get to tell you what to do. <laughs> That's my big sister, so my brother and family, niece. So glad y'all were able to be here. Um, <clears throat> Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. One, two, three, read. Amen. Amen. I would like to talk about today raised for change. Raised for change. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you. Honor you for this opportunity to celebrate the paschal lamb, our Savior. Um, we are free because of what you've done. And so I'm praying that our disposition as believers would be those who live as changed and resurrected people. So Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, everybody hear that said? Amen. 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 Y'all look great. Colory and everything, y'all look great. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lily and John, uh, back in the day, were base heads. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. That means they were on drugs. In the the 80s and 90s, we used to call them base heads, um, who free based. And um, they ended up uh, getting deep into crack cocaine and they had such a terrible go at it. Um, But one day they got an opportunity to have a new experience. And that means they went into rehab. They went through a terrible cold turkey process uh, of going through rehab and it was a rough time for them. Um, but as they went through rehab, they, they began to be better, a lot better. And they even came out and they began, and they got jobs as basically people who helped other people um, to get free from drugs. I mean, they were hailed as great examples of people who have gone through such a horrific ordeal, ordeal being able to overcome it and being able to help others. Well, before long, um, Lily and uh, John couldn't handle being around the drugs as much anymore and they ended up relapsing and when they relapsed they went back in and people were you know understood what, what what happened with them and they they got back out again and again they 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 were on freedom strain but then again they got wrapped up again and relapsed again and they began to have a revolving door of addiction to the point where they were so uh, frequented uh, uh, by relapsing over and over and over again that people uh, didn't believe that there was real change that took place in their life because they kept going back to what they said they would no longer go back to. Many people don't believe many of us as believers when we say we're believers because many of us say we're changed but we go back to the same old stuff we were doing. Uh, Many times, uh, uh, um, there there, there is a brand of... uh, of Christianity has been branded, although all people are hypocritical, um, there is a deep sense of people's uh, hatred not just for the doctrines of Christianity, not just for Christianity being touted as the white man's religion, not just uh, it being a partner, a substandard of it in in slavery. No, no, some of people's issues are legitimate issues with people who come to the altar over and over and over again rededicating their life because of an emotional conviction without internal transformation. And one of the things that the resurrection is supposed to uh, 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 do is it's supposed to promote change. But I mean, many of us, we expect more change in so many other things in our life than we do the Christian life. I mean, if, if, we, if we go to the, the, the bodega, the corner store, um, uh, we pay some money, we give them $20, our stuff with $5, we expect change. We expect our change, we do. If we invest in stocks and the value grows, we expect some change. If we send someone to counseling and we pay for it, we expected some change. If we discipline our kids, tear them up in Jesus' name, we expect change. If we elect someone to office who promised they were gonna do something, we expect change. If your car's broke down and they tell you it costs $800 to get it fixed, if I get my car back, it better be changed. <laughs> if someone apologizes to me and says they repent, I expect there to be changed. We expect change out of everything else in our lives except for those who say they were called by the name of Jesus. And so God never invests in anything that He doesn't expect change out of. God had expectations of Adam and Eve. God had expectations of Cain and Abel. God had expectations of Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca and Israel and Uh, Rachel, He had expectations out of Moses and Zipporah. He had expectations out of Ruth and Naomi. He had expectations out of David. He had expectations out of Gideon. He had expectations out of Deborah. He had expectations out of Samuel. And he has expectations out of you, if you say you're his. And so because he has these expectations, what's the solution to the fact that that at times we don't reflect the kingdom that we're supposed to come from. Well, I would say that the resurrection is the mechanism by which we are to have a progressive disposition of change. When you get saved, you're taken from spiritual death to spiritual life. But when you start walking with the Lord, you you you're already in God, but now you now now there has to be a progressive change, not just from spiritual death to spiritual life, but from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. If I give my kid when my kids were uh, uh, whether they breastfeed or had Similac, Infamil, whatever they had, and they had Gerber, I'm expecting there to be growth out of them if I'm feeding and investing in them. If God is feeding and investing in you, He is expecting growth. He's expecting growth, which brings me to my first point. If we are going to be raised to change, number one, when you trust Jesus, your life is supposed to change for real. When you trust Jesus, your life is supposed to change for real. It's interesting. He says in verse 12, he says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. This is going back to the fact that Paul said, if, 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 should we sin that so we can get more grace? In other words, since grace abounds where there is a bunch of sin, should I uh, sin more to attract grace? And he says the Greek idiom that echoes through, my my, my Greek professor said, this is the closest the Bible comes to cursing. May it never be. In other words, this this should never be that we should sin to increase grace. No, grace is to keep you from sin, not for you to go and attract sin in order to attract grace. But what's interestingly enough, it says here, do not let sin reign. Sin has a multifaceted understanding and meaning. Sin fundamentally means to miss the mark. Hamartia means to miss the mark. God has a target of perfection that is expected out of everyone that is his perfect standard and so back then when they would uh, uh when, when they would uh, pull back the archer and 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 pull it and if it doesn't hit the bull's eye they would say martia why because it missed the mark of the bull's eye well every one of us that are born into this sinful world are constantly missing the mark we miss the mark in our thinking we miss the mark in our actions we miss the mark in humility we miss the mark in sexuality we miss the mark in every area of life so we need rest rescuing from our mark missing. And so we talk about sin. Sin means to transgress God's law. But here it's interesting, it says that sin not reign over you, meaning that sin is a realm and he's presented as a king over a particular realm and this king's sin who was over this this realm we are not supposed to live in light of that because the bible says he has taken us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his marvelous son in other words god says if you're in my kingdom although you're in somebody else's jurisdiction you function under my kingship not under the kingship of the one whose jurisdiction you're in because i oversee all jurisdictions so, in light of that, what, what, what do we say? Uh, there are several schools of thought on this. Without a doubt, sin brings death. Death is not a natural part of God's creation. When sin entered the world, death came with it. But to what extent and how deeply are sin are we affected by sin? Many thinkers say this is the doctrine of total depravity. This is the teaching that sin has affected all of what a person is. Body, soul emotions my it affects every part of your life and because it affects every part of your life you need someone to re-affect all every part of your life and take you from out from under that particular thing and so as God nestles us we he's letting them know here he said don't let them rain because it's below you somebody say it's below you I remember when I was growing up um, you know Uh, you know, if you, if you went to, like, Sizzler, or, now now some of y'all may not even remember this, but if you went to Pizza Hut, the one, the the standalone Pizza Hut, when you go in, so you go in the regular little pizza shop, you know, they put your stuff back in the oven and carrying on, and they put it on the little, the little white plate and throw it at you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Pizza Hut, they put the metal thing down in the middle of the table, you know, freshly make your pizza based on what you want on your toppings. You pick your crust. It was I thought that was the best thing ever. You get to pick your crust, your sauce, your toppings, and then, then they bring it out, and they put it, and they had a little thing on it, and they loosened it and shake it out, and then they, they, I like it, because they, they put your pizza on your plate for you, and the gooeyness of the cheese just dropped down on your bone, and you just thought that was a special thing, but don't let you go to Western Sizzler. You know, Western Sizzler had a buffet. that You could eat steak all you want, right? But interestingly enough, when I got older, somebody took me to a steakhouse. Now I'm thinking this like Applebee's, Chili's, you understand? So I I finally went to a steakhouse, and 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 the person had they was dressed all different, and they said, "May I take your order, sir?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." You know, and I said, "Um, "I'll have the ribeye." They'll say, "Ribeye." How would you like it? I was like, "Cooked." (laughs) What you mean? How'd I like it? I didn't know what they was talking about. They said, no, 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 sir. Um, do you want your, your, it, it rare? That's a cool, cold center, lightly seared. I said, oh, nah. They said, um, you know, I'm, you know. And then they said, do you want it medium? They said, yeah, that's a warm center, but a little pink. And they said, well done. I said, I wouldn't do it that, that way. They said, They said, do it medium. I said, I'll do it medium. And so they bring the steak out. It's sizzling, and I'm looking at it. And I said, bring me the A1 steak sauce. the Heinz 57 it was like they was like <laughs> you know you know you know when they know you don't know nothing about what's going on there they, they, they kind of go like this <laughs> they don't want to put you out there like that, sir um, our steaks are aged for 30 days so that the uh, fat may marble out and stretches out, so that when you put light seasonings on it, it begins to suck in uh, the herbs and the garlic and the butter. Therefore, you don't need all of that on the steak. I said, all right, since you put it that way, go ahead. And she cut the steak and I ate it, and I went to another place. Why? Because I came in an elevated place with low expectations and I was treating something that was more valuable like it was common. Many of us treat our salvation like that. Is that you don't know that when you got saved, God elevated you. You're, you're in a different place. You, you don't need the sauce of sin. What you need on your life is all you got. That's why my Bible says that when you were created in Christ Jesus, you have everything you need in Christ Jesus. In other words, he gave you a new operating system. And because he gave you a new operating system, you're um, you, you are on his new modus operandi. And so because you're on a new operating system, the old system doesn't work on the new system. And so when you try to use old system stuff on new system workings, it doesn't work because God has updated and upgraded you and taken you to a new place. And so we talk about being taken out of the enemy's hands and taken into New region, the enemy wants you to operate like a double agent. It's a double agent. A double agent is an agent who pretends to act like a spy for one country or organization while, in fact, on behalf of the enemy. We have many double agent Christians that they look like they're Christian, but you're working for another kingdom. But God is saying, I want you to come out and fully commit yourself to the kingdom of light that I have placed you in because I have more for you than you could ever ever know. But sin is like, sin is, everybody got their kryptonite. You know, when I, when I, I remember when I was in um uh, high school, I was dating this girl, um, and she played me. I don't know if you ever got played before, but I got, I got plum played. But, 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 but I was, I was in what I call love, you know. My mom used to tease me so bad. Boy, you don't know what love. Your parents just be downgrading my little love. You don't you don't. Boy, you don't even know what love is. You, 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 you. I ain't gonna tell you what she said to me. She's in heaven and she wouldn't want me to say it. But she said, "You're in a bad place." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fill in the blank. And so my mom, my mom went off on me. But what ended up happening is, I, I ended, I ended up going to college. And every time I would, I would see her you know, I would be in my feelings a little bit. Uh, uh, um, because, because there's residue of the impact of, even though I, I felt uh, hurt by the relationship, I still had affections for who I was with. But there came a point, I got saved, and then I started walking with the Lord, and you know, and, you know I, I, I saw her again, and my, my, one of my best friends was with me, said, hey, how you doing, bruh? You know how your friend, they always wanna put you out there, you know. Eric, how you doing, bruh? There she is, ah. You know, how your boy be doing. Look at Shawty over there, younger, and I'm like, I'm actually good. He said, "You lying." I said, "I'm good." I said, "You know, the emotions that when I now that I'm changed. I look back on what that was, and I had a perception of goodness about it that really no longer exists." because I know what a healthy relationship looks like. And it's not just her, it's also me, because I don't want to blame the woman, it's it's also me. I have a healthy disposition, so getting in that situation, listen, will put me in a fallen disposition. Listen, you gotta know that the fact that you don't need to go back to your kryptonite because God got better for you, God got stuff for you, and what you and I need to begin to do is recognize that God has elevated us out of the kingdom of darkness Uh, he goes and um it says and do not offer I love this your parts any any parts of it to sin as weapons of unrighteousness but as those who are alive from the dead offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons of righteousness we talks about this and offering ourselves to this particular kingdom he's saying don't make any of your parts available to sin anymore and, and that, that, that means you need to learn and recognize again what your kryptonite is but don't take fire into your bosom lest you get burned because some of us think we can handle actually more than we can handle, and when you try to put yourself, I can handle it now, and you can't handle it, and you put yourself in that situation, and you reawaken some stuff in you that you thought was gone. Let me see if I can make a plan. I, 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 got, a, I, got, a, I got a family member that works in the um, works in the medical profession. I had enough a friend that worked in the morgue, and I was like, um, I was like, um, what, 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 what? You do when you by yourself with, with them dead bodies? They said, um, I said, does it, does it freak you out? They was like, um, at first it did. I said, give me an example of how you got freaked out. He said, well, one time I was in the room, I was cleaning the room, and I heard. Phew. And he said, I asked what that was, and they said, it was sometimes that just happens. Then they said, one time they heard gas. They was like, oh, nah. Then the next time they said he was transporting a body and the body sat up. And so he said, though, he asked a professional that worked with him, what's going on? He said, well, they're dead. He says, but there's still signs of life in it that'll twitch after it's dead to make you think it's alive, but it's just the last remnants of life leaving it. So you really don't have anything to fear because there's nothing in there. It's just the last of the life going away. Well, let me let you know, you have nothing to fear from sin. Because when it tries to creep back up in your life and touch your body, it will look like it's alive and it's more alive than what God has placed you in. But you're not any, let me tell you something, you're more alive now as a believer than you ever were alive as a non-believer. Man, uh, if if you like me, on, on nice holidays, you know, I like my vegetables, usually cooked till all the nutrition is gone. You ever, <laughs> you ever had a, a string bean? You just you just taste, you know, whatever you taste the seasonings, you taste the you t- you taste the onions, you taste the uh, you taste the the, the the whatever you put in there, uh, hog whatever you put in there, you taste that. Um, and, 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 and somebody, my mom used to make glazed clarets, They would taste like candied yams. I don't know if you ever had that before. But 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 I, in this season, I have liked eating raw food. And as I've been, uh, you know, eating raw food, I realize how much flavor is already in it naturally And how much all of that stuff eclipses the depths of what's in it. But I also realize that there's more nutrition in it as it is than if it is with all the stuff cooked out and everything put on it. Listen, when God made you, he did not make you with a bunch of additives and preservatives. The natural you in Christ, the changed you in Christ, the raw you in Christ is where the best and beautiful Value is in relation to how God has blessed you lifewise. He says, present yourself as weapons, not, of un- not for unrighteousness. We're supposed to be living weapons. We're living weapons. He says, "But as those who are alive from the dead. What does being alive look like? It's interesting. Being I mean, being dead look like. Being dead looks like being unavailable. When you were dead and separated from God, it was unavailable, hard to hear God's truth and hard to see God's truth and hard to respond to God's truth. I, I remember um, when, when I was a saved, and I, y'all know I, was a, I smoked a little bit of weed before I became a believer. And I was over at my friend's house and his father was trying to share the gospel with me. And you know, I, was, I, 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 had, a, I, I had a situation in my hand as he was talking to me about Jesus. And I was looking at him. While he was talking, me, me, me was, i like, uh, and you know, when, when, when you're unbelievable, don't, I'm talking about me, I know y'all wasn't like this, but I said some stupid stuff. I'm in smoking, looking at him, listening, talking about Jesus' healings and all of that. I'm looking at him like, man, let me tell you something. See this? This is, this right here is what Jesus used to heal. Let me tell you something. I believe Lazarus and all of them, he wasn't fully dead. See, there's just Jerusalem herbs in the caves. You see what I'm saying? That he rubbed over the body, and then he came forth. See, all of them healings in the ground. See, everything in the earth, God created. God created to heal. So I'm in there talking nonsense. And know what I love about God? Is he loved me right at that moment. Saying some old stupid, backwards, left field blasphemous talk and god is still after me isn't it great that as stupid as we can be as far away from him as we could be that he could still say man i love this dummy right here i just love him to life you know when, when you're dead you you just don't you, you just don't make any sense like I, like I put out, a, I put out a deal that some we're paid by the government, gut pastors to keep people away from uh, use Christianity as a way to. I'm like, where to check <laughs> at? It's somebody they we pay. I mean, but 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 this is what I'm saying. Be, be, because the enemy, the enemy, people people don't even realize it. If you say anything about the faith, people are just absorbing it like a sponge because their unbelief is hungry. But guess what? All of us who don't know the Lord was there. But what I love about this text is it's not just about what it looks like to be dead. (laughs) It's also what it looks like to be made alive. So y'all looking at me funny, but being made alive is the best part. Because when you look at what it means to be made alive, it's it's a beautiful thing. How many of you want to know how you're made alive? Well, my Bible says in John chapter 16 verse 8 that the Holy Spirit comes to convict you of sin righteousness and judgment that means the Holy Spirit comes in your life and begins to show you that wrong is wrong but because your conscience and my conscience is seared um, it needs help in order to see the gospel and to know that sin is sin so what he does is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 said, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they may not see the gospel. So the Spirit of God removes the things that are in the way. If you have an intellectual barrier, bad information, if you have an emotional barrier, bad experiences, and the worst one is your volitional barrier, based on Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, your will is in bondage. The Holy Spirit has to peel back all of the layers of years of mess and sin and muck and bad experiences that have marred our ability to see God clearly but you still can't get saved at this point because now you need help the bible says in romans chapter 12 verse 3 that he gives us faith how many of you know you don't believe on your own but he gives you the ability to believe but uh, but it's not just enough Uh, to be convicted because now you can be convicted because the blinders are taken off now you're given faith and then the bible says in titus chapter three verses four through seven that he causes us to be born again so now he puts everything in place for you to be able to believe because without his help you can't believe that's why first corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 says no one can confess jesus as lord except without the spirit so did you know the whole of your salvation is a work of god that's what it means to be made alive. And then from there, once you believe, guess what you're able to do? You're able to now believe the gospel, the good news about the death, burial, and resurrection. Now look, you're able to live right now because holiness is still should be popular among Christians. Ain't nobody going to talk back right there. You should love other people. You should say no to sin, and you should enjoy the world God's way. And one of the things that, you know, when I was becoming a believer, I was like, man, Possibly, I was like, "Man, I, I, I know my life about to change. I can't play cards no more. Um, can't go to movies. Um, I can't do." And, and all I began to do was think about what I couldn't do, not knowing that being a believer is a saga. It is a ride of your life. If you and I were to look at from the day we became a believer up until now, some of the things that God has took you on a ride through, your mind would be blown. Uh, 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 Because some of us have never enjoyed life like we've enjoyed it until Jesus came into our life. God has brought some of you through so many trials. If you think about the way that you thought you weren't going to make it through that trial and how God just ushered you through it. You thought your life was over, but somehow God brought you roundabout way through all of your stuff. There was stuff that you was bound to, chains that you were bound to, that you didn't know how you was going to get loose from. But you're walking around here free because God said, loose that man, loose that woman and let them go you've never enjoyed life like you have because you begin to look back over your life and look ahead and remember that you're not where you used to be but you're not where you want to be but recognizing the fact that god has been good to you you got peace unthinkable joy unthinkable When I look around the room, I see a lot of miracles since I shepherded y'all. Some of y'all have been through some stuff, some worked through some stuff, some walked through some stuff, and God has ushered you through some stuff. I'd like to testify, I lost two children, but God has us still here. My wife had two transplants, but we're still here. She had five bouts with cancer, but we're still here. Listen, I got two sons that got baptized today. And I'm so glad that Jesus Christ makes life better for you. How many of your lives were better because of what he did on the cross for you? Some of y'all are now seeing the truth. You're now hearing the truth. You're responding to truth. You're having deliverance from addictions. You're connected to God. You're repentant now. You're defended against falsehood. Why did all of that happen? What, 2,000 years ago on a hill called Golgotha? They carried a cross up a hill and they nailed my Savior to the cross. And when they nailed him to the cross, he died till the sun turned dark. He died till the rain poured out. He died till lightning roared. He died till the curtain was torn. He died till the earthquake. He died till sin was forgiven. He died to wrath was satisfied. He died to the devil's power was void. He died to give you new sight. He died to give you new thinking. He died to give you new life. He died. But it was quiet. And they carried him into a tomb and laid him in the tomb. And a bunch of men had to roll a stone in front of the tomb they walked away in two guards stationed there and it was quiet Friday was quiet nothing going on Saturday night it was quiet but then the wee hours of Sunday morning Jesus Christ spirit walked back laid in the place of his body He put his old clothes back on but when he got up he had a transfigured body and a new outfit on and an angel came from heaven and pushed the stone away and Jesus walked out of that tomb early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand I know he's alright he's alright with all power in his hand. Because I was sinking deep in sin. Sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea. He heard my despairing cry. And said Lord. He lifted me. Now safe. In his arms. How many of you glad that you're safe now? How many of you glad that you're safe now? Safe in the arms of the living God. Well, you may be here and things may be, seem safe, but in all actuality, when we don't know the Savior, we're in danger. The beauty of God is he lets the sun rise on the just and the unjust. So that means he'll show his grace and his love to everybody uh, in a general way. He'll let you eat, he'll let you work, he'll let you breathe his air. But when he comes back, he will remove all of those graces away. But there's an upgraded grace, not just breathing, not just eating, not just working but to be in a relationship with Him. And if you put your confidence in the fact that He died on the cross for your sins, got up from the grave, and that He did in six hours what it would have taken me, you, all of us, an eternity in hell to pay for. But in that six hours, He paid for sin. And today, He makes that offer to you. Every head bow, every eye closed. Maybe you here today. And you've never put your confidence in Jesus Christ. You never said yes to Jesus. It's not even just about the satisfaction of wrath. It's about relationship, the restoration of creation. It is about his anger towards sin. It's also about his desire for there to be eternal harmony in the universe. In the first extension to change the universe, is the call to believe that Jesus Christ died and got up from the grave to put us back in alignment with God. If you're here today and you've never placed your confidence in Jesus, hold your hand in the air if that's what you desire so that we can walk you through what it means to know Jesus as Savior. anyone today. Hold your hand up in the air. We love to talk to anyone, on the ground, or on the floor, in the back, on the upstairs, anyone that says, I wanna say yes to Jesus today. Greatest decision that you can make Is to say yes to Jesus, yes to His will, yes to His way, yes to His life. He comes that we might have life and life more abundantly. Is there one that wants to place their confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ? (laughs) Amen. Well, let's get our hearts and minds ready for Communion. Communion is a celebration that Jesus first did on the Thursday night before he got betrayed. If you don't have uh, the elements, um, hold your hand up so we can get it to you. It's only for those who have trusted Christ as Savior. Uh, So if you if you don't know Christ as Savior, let the elements pass. But if you know him as Savior, you're welcome to take the elements. feet if you haven't received yet hold your hand up want to make sure everyone is served anyone that wanted to get served but wasn't served hold your hand up in the air we want to get that to you amen well two thousand years ago thursday um (laughs) jesus knowing he was going to die knowing that his skin would be torn from his body, he held up the representation of his body and said, this is my body which is given for you. Let us eat together. (laughs) After the meal and the bitter herbs, he held up the cup. and He said, this is my blood, blood of the new and everlasting covenant. He knew That he was about to spill his blood for us, yet he held up the cup. Let us drink together. Well Lord God and Father, what a wonderful thing it is to have Jesus. Matter of fact, it's even better for Jesus to have us. Um, your word says in First Peter chapter one that our salvation is protected in heaven with God. And so, God, help us. You said, "Any that the Father brings to me shall come to me, and the one that comes to me, I shall certainly not cast out." Thank you for security in you, in belief. Now unto Him, who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all you can ask or think, according to the power that's at work within you. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Everybody agree with that? saying? Amen, amen, amen. Uh, Pastor Kurt, I think he... Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder of pastor Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond